Hey, Hockey Moms, check out BlueLineHockeyClub.com for all the past and future podcasts. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by Rocket Grips has come out with a new grip that you can put over your stick with a little hot water. It molds right around your stick. It's a pretty cool product. You can have your logo on there, your team name. You can put your number on there. You can customize them however you want. They also have country flags that they have in stock, camo grips. Really cool product. Evolutionizing the way that people tape their sticks. So no more sticky grips that are going to rip your gloves apart. So Rocket Grips is a great company on Latvia over in Europe. So that's a pretty cool thing that the Blue Line Hockey Club has linked up with them. So check them out, rocketgrips.com. Welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. We got another exciting episode tonight, episode 65 coming at you. We have the usual suspects in the house. We have our producer, Patrick Uncle Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And the local nerd on staff, our IT guy, Robbie P. Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how's your mom and him? And we have all around sports guru, Eric B. Train. He too. What's up, B. Train? What's up, sweetos? <laughs> and your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club, Mark, the Dr. Morley. Oh, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and we got a friend of the program sitting in with us tonight, special guest, J.D. Greenway. J.D. Greenway, a prospect for the Toronto Maple Leafs. What's up, J.D.? What's going on, guys? J.D. Hanging in, up in Toronto these days? Yeah, I'm here uh, right now at Dev Camp. Uh, just hanging out right now, taking it, taking it easy. Nice. So, what's uh, when you get to the prospect camp? Like, what's the first thing you guys got to do? Is it like you're checking in and you're, you know, getting to meet all the guys and stuff like that, or they get you know, right into uh, on ice and stuff like that? No, the first day is easy. First day, you just show off. Uh, you have like a physical testing or like a medical testing, make sure you're able to play. So, you know, I have no injuries or whatever, but. Piss test? Yeah, you gotta go in and take a piss test. Uh, <laughs> and then that's it. Fuck. Yeah, the doctor. No steroids. <laughs> Turn your head and cough. Yeah. No, I think it's for some disease you, you get. Uh, I don't know. They test it every year. I really don't know what it's for. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They drew blood. I don't know. Fuck it. No, yeah. It's, it's standard. So after you get all your medical stuff and they clear you to be able to play and stuff like that, you uh, is it mainly just like getting on the ice and playing scrimmages and stuff like that? No, the first. So I've been here for uh, three days now. So those, those first couple of days, you you do training sessions. So they work on skills. You know, the D the D split up and the forwards split up, and you work on specific areas that they want to see you like put into your game. Because that's the last day we have a scrimmage. And they just kind of see how well, you know, you can take the information, put it in your game, uh, you know, just stuff like that. Nice. How many guys are up Yeah, how many guys are up there? Uh, for the camp total, they have two teams. So they have one team, uh, probably 20 guys, 15 to 20 guys of all the drafted players. And then they got uh, free agents who, you know, just got the invite. Uh, you know, they're just looking more into and. At the end, usually, I don't know if we'll split it up this year or not, but last year we just, uh, you know, one team, the free agents played the drafted players. So, so JD, we were uh, actually, Rob and I were down here at Carolina Hurricanes um, development program, and, uh, you know, they kind of had a festival. A lot of fans were invited, a bunch of. It was for the season ticket holders. I think it's a big thank you. Uh, everything was free. Yeah. You know, nothing Everything was free, bounce houses, and, um, you know, did they have anything like that in Toronto where, the you know, is like a fan appreciation? Uh, yeah, we do this thing. Last year we did it, and this year it's on the schedule as well, but um, we go and hang out with these uh, local kids. I don't know how they really grow up. It's just kind of a, a, camp, uh, a camp or like an after-school program where kids will go and hang out uh, while their parents get done work or, you know, whatever they're doing. So we go there no, and we play, uh, <laughs> no, we play, we play some, some sports with them. It's actually really fun. We play like knee hockey. Uh, these kids are so excited to see us, but that's how we kind of integrate with the community. We also went to uh, uh, the Raptors practice facility today and we wow, saw the cool. trophy. 
Yeah, we saw the trophy. We saw we got these T-shirts of the champions, and not a lot of players are there, obviously, just because you know they're not doing anything there. But uh, we got to <laughs> see all their locker room, uh, see all their facilities, and then they ran us through some basketball drills and stuff. But did you get your picture taken with the trophy? No, that was the only that was the only part that sucked. So, um, so like. I, we did these like drills basically to like shoot a basketball and we had a game and the winning team was the only team that got to take a picture of the trophy. It's like what? the third thing I thought, I know I'm going to go to <laughs> win the damn, I'm going to win the Stanley cup and they're, they're not going to be able to take a picture in front of it. So. <laughs> That's bullshit. Yeah, I was, I was, I was lucky. Adam, hey, is this your second camp? Second. No, this is my fourth. Fourth. Yeah. Ever since 2016 draft day. Oh, you're serious. Nice. Okay, fourth. So you're a freaking veteran of these development prospects. Jesus. Oh, you're yeah. taking lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the drill. I know, I know how it works. It's only the last three years have been the same. My first year, uh, the year Miner was there and Matthews was there. Um, we went to Niagara. I think they wanted to keep it a little low key. I, I really don't know. But that was the only time it was different was my first year. Hey, they keep inviting you back, buddy. So uh, yes, that means sir. something, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm not complaining. Yeah, I'm only using it to help me. This is a really good year too. They uh, they like what I what I had to show. So you know, it's, it's all good as I'm going into Maine and you know, kind of rebuilding. So it's huge. Can I yeah. say real quick, JD, his first year there was on fucking ESPN for a highlight. I, I will put it on. Uh, I, I will attach that video to this recording. He made the top 10 highlights for this breakaway goal that was amazing. I, I, I'll let it all <laughs> No, that was, that was USA, but he did make one. He did have a highlight reel, reel for uh, Toronto, too. But, oh, was uh, I confused the one for you, Okay. Yeah, the one on Sports Center was for U.S. World U18, but I did have one that uh, – at Toronto too, which is actually pretty cool. It didn't uh, didn't make anything big, right? But it was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, JD, do you talk to anybody in the in the front house of the, the organization uh, as far as like the GM and stuff like that? Are they involved with talking to you guys about your development and stuff like that? Uh, you know, they're kind of they're there. I mean, I saw Dub- uh, Kyle Dubas there, GM Kyle Dubas there, and uh, you know, we just kind of shoot the shit. We just talk about you know simple stuff. But uh, no, the whole development aspect of it, I uh, I talk a lot with uh, Richard Brattenberg. He uh, based on the medical staff and you know the player development of the Toronto Marlies and then Scott Pelner, and he is also on the development staff of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So those are the two guys I talk to, you know, directly. Uh, handle everything from day-to-day news, uh, you know, whatever. So, Do any of the Marlies actually participate in the development camp? Yeah, there's a couple of players there. Um, honestly, I don't know if they're on the Marlies, like, permanently. I know there was a kid who was playing, uh, that Robertson kid was playing, or not the Robertson kid. Um, there was a defenseman there who was playing in the CHL, and he also was called up for a couple of games at the Marlies, you know, I heard him talking about, so... There are players who go up and down. If they're, you know, on the Marlies and they have, you know, a contract, they've been, they, well, they've been there for a while. They know the course they're on. They, they're not the ones who are really coming to uh, camp, but it's more of the ones, you know, are still developing, still getting looked at. So, you know, I have an eye on them pretty closely. Nice. Bad oh, Babcock. Watch out. Uh, yeah, actually, he, he was there one couple of days. I, I didn't talk to him at all. I didn't see him at all either. I saw him like one time maybe, said hello, but yeah, that guy, uh, yeah, I, I, he, I don't think he's really talking to me much. Yeah, he, I think he too and him went fishing a week ago, Derek. When did you go fishing with him? Yeah, it was a week and a half. Yeah, caught a couple. week and a half ago. So. A couple yeah, longer. Nice. Yeah, Lake Erie. Lake Erie. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I didn't know if he'd be up there or not with the fishing trip. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he had the draft, you know, right before camp. So everyone came, flew in from Vancouver, who was on like the you know, top spot there. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't really see much of much of his him. I skated with his son actually though in the summer, so that's really the only connection there, talking points I have with him. Though. How old is son? Um, I don't. I honestly don't know. I think he's older than me. I think Four. he's probably a ninety, oh. ninety six, maybe ninety seven. Is he better than you? 
I don't know, honestly. He plays at um, Merrimack, I believe. Um, I, I, I have no idea really how he is at all. He, uh, year, right? He's a defenseman. What's that? He plays for Merrimack. You guys play Merrimack this year? Our schedule just came out, actually. I'm going to have to uh, take a look. I believe we play him. I mean, I don't know why we wouldn't. You're going back to your hometown of St. Lawrence, Canton, New York, huh? Yeah, I'm pumped for that. What are you looking uh, forward to, fat bag or direct? <laughs> I know. That's, one thing I miss from home is the most is uh, a Josie's pizza. Josie's pizza is – I don't think I've had anything comparable to it. <laughs> Around. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. We have to call for Sylvia. We get Sylvia to pay us for that plug. Sponsors, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you could. Josie's has a good play. The one in Canton for sure. But yes, sir. So are you excited to go up to Maine? Maine, yeah. I'm. Hell yeah. I'm. I'm pumped to go to Maine. You know, I I was looking at the school before uh, we even went to college, and I don't know how. I mean, after going through everything, I I, I don't know how that I, I turned it down. I mean. Uh, that place is unreal. That place is gonna so much smaller, closer to home, like more of a, a community college campus rather than you know a big time. Like I don't know, I, I'm pumped to go. Nice for the listeners. Uh, JD was out in Wisconsin and played at the University of Wisconsin his freshman year, and then he was um, playing with Dubuque this year, and now he's uh, heading out to Maine to play up this current season. So that should be pretty cool. Even playing hockey east, it's some big time hockey. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm ready to get back into college hockey, too. I mean, the, that whole transfer situation where you have to sit out of year one, I think, terrible. The worst rule in college hockey. But also, I'm just pumped to get back into it. Like, I don't know. I miss it so much. I miss everything about it. So, uh, it's going to be a good year for me. The girls, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> not too concerned about that. I'm more concerned about the <laughs> hockey aspect. <laughs> uh, you're better man than me. Girls will always be there. In all serious though, JD, did it, like you know, did that year off like kind of uh, re-energize your batteries and get you get, get you back like focus what you want to do? Yeah, so it, that's that's the best way to put it. It definitely focused me and, and made me uh, align where I want to be. And uh, you know, everything's more clear now. Everything's black and white. Uh, it's just doing you know, putting into action. And uh, this summer's actually been a pretty big test. I'm I'm still going through. Uh, school uh, summer school because i have to take a bunch of classes uh through that and you know it's been i mean no one really wants to take classes in the summer right i want to be working yeah. on my golf uh-huh. game and my hockey craft right so but i'm getting through it you know it's what i it's what i gotta do so i'm doing it that was the golf game speaking of the golf game golf game it's all right um i still don't really keep score to be honest but uh <laughs> so I'm you're just, one of them Best way to do it. Uh, so if you want to I just honest, I gotta I gotta keep every shot straight. That's how, that's how I gotta take it, you know. Now I heard your uncle, what's his name, Brandon or something. That was a scratch golfer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he 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 must have been getting getting on the course a lot this summer because I guess he, he says that he can uh, beat me, but uh, that was a long shot in that, I think. I heard I heard that Brandon got so good at golf he tried he actually decided to reverse his grip. Change it up. A he actually puts the uh, you know the left hand on the bottom and the right hand up top you know and he's a righty. Oh, okay. It's 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 pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. So JD, tell us about uh, where you are this summer, where you're working out, and uh, who you're working out with. Um, so I'm in Boston right now. Uh, my brother and I joined, got, got a place out here. Um, and then we just worked out at BU because, you know, he went to school there. Uh, we did it last year and Kyle Jack's the, the trainer there actually. So he, he knows what he's doing and that's what we're doing for, for working out. And then we're skating with Adam Nichols through Stride Envy, uh, here and there as well. So we're, uh, we're getting a heavy dose of working out and skating. So that's, if anything, the golf game's stepping a little bit, but <laughs> who else yeah. is working Fortnite out with you guys? Game is strong though. <laughs> Fortnite, yeah. Who else uh, is working out with you guys? Just you and uh, you and Jordan, or do you got some other people that are skating with you guys? Oh uh, yeah, it's just Jordan and I right now working out together. Usually McAvoy comes in there, but I mean he's had a long year. Uh, he's not getting. He probably won't work out, or I, I, he's not working out. <laughs> I don't know when he will. 
Yeah, I mean, that's tough. You're going that far, and you're, you know, that just sucks. Um, so I understand a contract negotiation, up. too. Yeah, I mean, he's got that. He's got he's got a lot on his plate, so I don't know. I, I haven't really been hang, uh, hanging out and seeing him too much. I think he's trying to get a new place, actually. So um, Is Charlie, Charlie Coyle hanging out with you guys? Does he work out with you guys? Uh, no, I, I don't even know where he works out. He uh, I saw him a couple of times at uh, the golf course here and there, but I, I don't know what that guy's doing with his workouts and stuff. I think he's – I couldn't even take a guess, to be honest. He's scared for that. I, I heard you guys ran into Jerome McGinley on the golf course or something. Uh, oh, yeah, at Granite Links. Yeah, he, uh, I actually didn't run into him. Jordan's the one who saw him. I guess he was there with his daughter. Uh, just on the golf course. He goes there a lot. Apparently, he's, uh, you know, exactly there. I don't know. I'm just hanging out, golfing. Living in Boston, yeah. Uh, nice. Hey, man, it's uh, good catching up with you. It's kind of good to get the inside um, look at what's going on at the development camp up in Toronto. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Did you guys practice at uh, just, like, the Leafs practice facilities, or where do they post that? Uh, yeah, I say that's a loose practice facility. They have one just outside of the city, the Marlies in Toronto share. They've got a couple of rinks in there. Um, it's a real nice place, too. They've got everything in, in there that you need. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's really cool to kind of get the inside uh, info of what's going on. And these development camps have been happening all over the country for the NHL teams. And it's nice to talk to somebody to give us a little inside scoop of what happens and what the players do at these camps. So we appreciate you coming on the show. And it's been, uh, been good talking to you. Hopefully we'll get to see you when you come up to the uh, St. Lawrence County. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks for having me on, boy. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on you, buddy. Good luck this year. J.D., you sound All like right, you're man. in a good place, man. Good luck in Maine. We're obviously going to watch you. Hmm. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, good things are, are coming from Maine here pretty soon, so watch out for that. <laughs> All right. We, we've got a All bet right. with uh, Brent Brackey, so don't let us lose. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Brent Becky's probably like, who's that? <laughs> St. Lawrence. Right. Thanks, JD. Take it easy. All right, um, yeah, buddy. Thanks, yeah, One love. One love. <laughs> All right. JD Greenway up there in Toronto hanging out with the development players for the Marlies and uh, the Leafs organization. Pretty cool to be a young player being invited to something like that, uh, you know, nothing that we've ever experienced in our careers. So that's probably something pretty special for these young players to be part of, um, you know, just that close to being part of the NHL. So great things from a Canton boy and uh, wishing the best of luck up there. All right, boys, we do want to talk a little bit about Toronto now, seeing that we just got off the horn with, with JD up in Toronto. Let's touch in a little bit about what's been going on. There's just melee of trades going on in the NHL um, this past week, and it's uh, it'll make your head spin if you try to keep up with all of it. <laughs> they so. just keep coming and coming. I mean, I, I, you know, it's like you put every player that's in the NHL in a big balloon and shake it up and then pop it, and where they all land up. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I actually think personally that this year has been crazy, unreal. But, yeah, Toronto has still got a lot going on up there. I mean, Mitch Marner's still – hasn't been signed yet, so that's pretty big for them. Kadri went to – they traded him out, so he's in – Colorado? So Avalanche. That's a big boy for – they filled that second-line center. That's huge for Colorado. You know, and I think Colorado with, you know, Makar, um, you know, with this trade they just got from Toronto and everything else they're doing, I think Colorado has a really, really good chance of winning the Cup this coming year. But I'm really excited for uh, the upcoming season. I know we just ended the season, but uh, I'm excited for it. There's 92 days left until the regular season starts. I caught myself saying the same thing the other day. I'm going, damn, this has been a long, grueling hockey season. But I got to tell you, for the first time in a long time, I'm already looking forward to the next hockey season, and it's it's just been you know that kind of an off season already. I will tell you one thing. I was um, you know we've been watching hockey for you know Jesus I don't know how many months now, but even playoff hockey at a more tense level than the regular season and the playoffs, uh, Stanley Cup Finals and everything. And then the other day I switched on the Yankees game, and I'm like, holy fuck, this is slow. <laughs> and you go from like. <laughs> You know, the Stanley Cup finals, action-packed, like, just so many 
then you go to a baseball game and you're like, Jesus, I got time to go to the bathroom and you know go maybe check the mail or something before the next pitch. But a, uh, yeah. such a different uh, different feeling watching baseball now. You know, after hockey's over, it's kind of not doing it for me. What do you think about Toronto? What, what do they need to do up there? I know they freed up some cap space with uh, Kadri leaving. Yeah, with Kadri leaving, and then they also, um, with the cap space we talked about earlier with Marlou going to um, uh, Carolina, and basically yeah. Toronto got a six-round pick for him being the assistant captain and picking up a six-round pick. You know, Pat and I were talking about it earlier. It's pretty much like, here, just take this guy off my cap space for me, throw me a bone, and uh, give me a six-round pick. I mean, okay. it's, yeah. it, it, it's it, when you're – Leafs fan, you're like, Jesus, man, we're giving up a veteran like him for a six-round pick. I mean, it's basically just giving a guy away to get him off the off the cap, salary cap. But, you know, that that's big for them as far as cap space, and that, now they're probably trying to think of how they sign Mitch Marner. I mean, I think Mitch Marner is obviously, the Pat was talking about earlier, the best. If Well, JT and Austin Matthews, you can argue whether Mitch Marner is a better player than them and whether he makes them better players yeah. than you know, so I mean, I think they got to sign him. They sign him. They've got JT Matthews and Mitch Marner. I mean, that's just going to be a you know all star. It looks like though. It looks like Toronto's identified defense though as a place that they've got to kind of upgrade their roster a little bit too. So um, who else did they bring in? They brought in C- uh, Cody Cece too, right? Yeah, Ottawa. One of the, one of, Ottawa. Yeah, from Ottawa. And then what? It was a trade with the, with Colorado, right? To bring in Barry or whatever. So um, yeah, that's big. That's yeah, a big one. Um, uh, so it looks like they're leading, identifying defense. Leading goal, yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. Leading goal scorer for defensemen, and they got rid of him. So th- that to me says they've got a lot of confidence in McCarr coming in, right? I mean, he's filling that role, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I kind of feel like like the term like getting rid of them is kind of is kind of loose, you know, in any sport because like each team's GM identifies like you know like the type of player, the type of fit, type of situation they want for their specific team, you know, so whatever Colorado may have, may have looked at, may have looked at him and said, you know, he doesn't fit where we're going to go in the future. He doesn't fit the kind of defenseman, you know, that we're looking for, whatever. I mean, I don't know what the hell, the what the hell they're thinking, but you know, one team's trash and our team's treasure. So it's like, you know, it's, yeah. some teams look at things like, you know, things are dispensable. They can bring in, you know, they can get some kind of, capital where it be draft capital or salary cap space um so you never know what's going on behind the scenes so you know they're not really giving up anybody it's more of like an acquisition by one team and a different plan moving forward for the other team i mean that's that's business strategy which is you know just different i'm just talking about you know the dude was your leading goal scorer for defense and you felt like you could let him go so it sounds like they felt like cadre is going to pick up the slack McCarr is going to pick up the slack, and you know that maybe that was why they felt like they could let him go. I, I, what the hell do I know? But that's my yeah. view on no, it. But Derek, Derek is right to focus on defense for Toronto. Has been <clears throat> been a focus since the deadline in June, the trade deadline earlier in the season. Um, that was the talk of the the Maple Leafs then. I mean, if you looked at their lineup, you'd look at their first three lines and say, well, we really don't need to change anything there. And yeah. then you look at their defense, and you're like, eh, you know, like who? Yeah. Who on their defense is one of these new age defensemen that's putting up points and playing both ways. And, you know, they didn't really have that guy, which they might now with Barry um, coming in from Colorado. So, I mean, that's like the, I think these teams nowadays, like you talk about McCarr and, and, uh, you know, all the other defensemen that we talk about that play both ways and, um, you know, can score goals. I mean, every team seems to need one of those guys now to produce. Uh, Look at Minnesota when they, when they lost, um, Dumba, Dumba, Dumba. You know, the leading scorer uh, as a defenseman in the league, right? And they lost him. I mean, that was a big hurt for that yeah. that team. He was scoring a lot of points on the power play. I mean, they're productive defensemen, and it's it's not easy to find those guys. You know, that's you know a lot of defensemen grow up playing defense and you know staying back, and now they're teaching these guys to to score goals, and that's what teams want. So Toronto needs that guy, and maybe they found it. And uh, maybe they're going to try to add somebody else with uh, if they don't sign Mitch Marner. Yeah, it's it's you know it's it shows how aggressive they are too because they also brought in Jake Muzzin, right? And so they, um, but all those guys are going to be unrestricted free agents at the end of this year. So it's like you know it's basically like signing to a one year contract, basically. So um, 
it's it's it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. They obviously know they're stacked, like you guys just keep kept saying. You know, they're stacked up front. They got three good lines, and they need to help. You know, protect the back end a little bit. So um, it'll be th- that's obviously the approach they took, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think you know if they get a you know even a semi decent you know defensive core going on, it's going to be you know good things for Toronto as long as uh, they can put together get the chemistry right. Yeah. It- and just to feed off that, he too, you know, a lot of these teams that have been doing great in the regular season, Tampa, Toronto, um, all these first-round teams that got kicked out this year, um, yeah, they're they're top-heavy. They got they got crazy offense that they are just, you know, tic-tac-toe and it's in the back of the net. But once you get an on-man rush and they're going back on you and you don't have anyone to defend that, especially in playoffs – they put the puck in the net. I mean, playoffs is a whole different beast, right? So when you get that odd man rush, especially in playoffs, they're putting the puck in the net. And that's why most of those, you know, top teams, you know, in regular season got beat this year. So uh, Tampa needs to tighten up on D. Uh, Toronto needs to tighten up on D. You know, and now Colorado looks like they're trying to tighten up on D too. You know, it's a, you're absolutely right. And it's like, you know – the attrition of a long season, right? So you have like all these like elite offensive players, right? And so then you get into the playoffs, you know, all these guys are banged up. Uh, All these teams are banged up, you know, going into the playoffs. And like, you can only like rely on like high firepower for so long. You know what I mean? Like it's going to come down to like, some of those guys are going to get banged up. Look in the NFL, like every time you get to the playoffs, it's like all these teams that throw for like 9,000 million fucking yards all year long. Like you get in the playoffs and knock out in the first round, but um (laughs) It's the same situation, you know, like you cannot, like you're saying, you can't rely on offense all the way. Like at the end of the day, you get into like the nitty gritty part of the season where everybody's hurt. Everybody's banged up a little bit. Like your offensive guys are going to lose a step. So you got to count on like, you know, a good or at least a halfway decent defensive core to carry you through to the end. And, a, and like Pat, you said multiple times through last season, you got to have a couple of goaltenders, you know, that can uh, contribute in the playoffs. So for sure. Yeah, the defenseman, um, I guess probably one of the biggest moves that we've seen uh, was P.K. Subban getting bounced out of Nashville. And, um, you know, if you did look at his stats, he, he did not produce as well as he had in the past this year. You know, so that's probably part of that. I mean, I don't know. It seems like he had issues in Montreal as well. It's just, in my opinion, it's kind of funny to see a caliber of defenseman like that get dealt so often and not be somebody that's like a staple of a team for a long time based on if it's not a salary cap trade or, you know, unrestricted free agent type thing where the guy wants to leave. Uh, So, I mean, I don't know what goes on in the locker room with PK, but it just seems like, you know, he's a good player. He's a good defenseman. One of the top guys in the league, got a rocket for a shot. Uh, It just seems weird that teams don't seem to keep him. Look, he he may like Nashville, but it, it, it comes down to chemistry, right? For a player, like you said, to me, to be that good and to go stale, maybe it's just chemistry and maybe he needs to find a new space. Tiger Woods had how many years off before he won the Masters again? I'm not saying it's the same, but I would definitely not rule P.K. Subban out. Um, no, I, I don't either. Yeah, I just... yeah I, and I didn't take it like you were, you were but um, I'm just saying maybe that this shift to New Jersey is the right place, the right time. For him to spark something, I mean, he's good as long as the right players around him. You know, maybe it just boosts everything back up. They got Wayne Simmons. I mean, which you know would be fools not to bring up that that team. You know, look, let's not look at one team or the other. All of these movements, what I could tell right now, is that the whole league just leveled out and got a whole lot fucking tougher. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. And and just uh, before we get into New Jersey, you know. To me, it's just the, uh, you know, if you have a really good goalie like Pecorene, and they got some good defensemen besides PK. Listen, PK is one of the best defensemen in the league for sure. I would take him over anyone. I think there was more of a cap space, right? They wanted to face because they wanted Matt Duchesne, and they got him. That was the whole trade there. They wanted to, you know, give up some defensemen because they could rely on their goalie to make those saves on the odd man rushes get some more fighter power. Kind of like, you know, what I just said, you know, you got Toronto and all these other teams that got the firepower up front. 
but they don't have really have the defensemen. Well, Nashville doesn't have to really rely too much on the defensemen because they got that goaltender that can just, you know, there is a pretty good chance that he's going to make a save on a two-on-one. Um, so, you know, they wanted a little more firepower. And, of course, that's just my what I think. But uh, who knows? They brought, they brought up one of their prospects at the end of the season that they think is uh, – yeah, Fabro, Dante Fabro, that was on the show. Um, he's been getting some mentions since uh, PK was dealt, and um, maybe they're feeling confident that he's going to be able to come in and play a significant role next year. I know that he got some mentions in uh, a couple of the articles, so uh, you know maybe they feel like that's going to fill that void. It'd be hard to fill PK Subban's uh, empty spot, but you know they got some young yeah. good players too. So these GS yeah, have to find that. Yeah, it's tough. And, you know, just getting back to, you know, we don't want to talk about Nashville. You know, let's talk about the two uh, metropolitan teams, the New Jersey Devils and, you know, your Rangers. I think the Rangers and the Devils, man, they're going to be really, really good this year. Absolutely. Panarin to the Rangers? Dude, that's huge. Huge. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> Everybody in New York like to see that. I mean, they showed him today walking into the locker room. They had his jersey up there. I mean, I don't know if it was his equipment in the locker already, but there was equipment in there, and his jersey was hanging in. He went in there, you know, grabbed the jersey, held it up. I mean, I think he's pretty psyched. I think he's wanted a trade um, out of Columbus. I don't really know the circumstances, but um, that's been talked about for a while. And for Rangers fans like he too and I, I'm pretty excited to see that, plus getting Jack Hughes in the number one pick. Uh, I mean, those are two huge pickups on the. Um, well, the Devils got Jack, right? You got Capital. Oh, yeah, yeah, Capo. yeah, yeah. yeah. You, got but Aaron, still, you got Yeah, the second round pick. They say, you know, say say Capo is supposed to be, you know, just as talented. Or, Should have been the first. I actually think he might do more this year than uh, uh, Jack Hughes, but we'll see what I happens. Agree. Yeah, he's but, uh, bigger and stronger right now. I, I mean, Hughes is sick, but he's just young. He's pretty it. small too. Yeah, if you've seen yeah. him outside of the locker room, but he's yeah. uh, we had Vasey uh, at Delta where Buffalo. Buffalo, Buffalo yeah. yeah, yeah. I think what you're seeing though, like with both um, with both New Jersey and the New York Rangers, is like so. I think I think you're seeing both those teams like Rangers obviously this year like wholesale that like you know fucking shipped everybody out of town and went went real young. But like what they're trying to do now in New York and New Jersey, I think it's bringing like a good mix of like, you know, veterans and a good mix, of like really young guys. Right. So hard to believe that you're saying like, you know, Panarin is like, you know, a 27 year old guy and he's a, he's a veteran, but he is, you know, like that's, that's hard to believe. But in today's NHL, a 27 year old guy is a veteran. So he brings yeah, like, sure. you know, you know, he brings in like a really unique style of hockey. He loves the game. I know uh, Davidson, uh, the new president for the for the Rangers, was pretty. You know, this is a big, strong first move for him. You know, aggressive move for him to bring him in. I think everybody in the league, including a lot of guys that get paid a lot more money than we do, thought he was going to end up with New York Islanders. So um, it's it's, a, it's an aggressive move. You know, it's an aggressive move for for the Rangers to get him. And I think you know that you know that Metropolitan Division is going to be pretty exciting next year. You know, next year. Although, you know, New Jersey kind of fell flat last year. Rangers fell flat last year. Um, what what both these teams are doing should bring, you know, excitement to that division for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, for teams that fell flat, I, I like what they're doing right now. The Rangers, I, I mean, they seem to be making good moves. You always have to play the games. We'll see how it works out. But I like the moves that the, that the Rangers made. I like the moves that the Devils made. They seem to be trying to, well, look, I'll, I'll make this statement and that's it. The level of the league just leveled out and got a whole lot stronger. I mean, I think across each conference. It's going to be different. Yeah, and Next year is going to be different. I'll make that statement for this season coming up. We had another guy that uh, the Rangers are talking highly of, of Adam Fox from Harvard. Uh, drafted by the Hurricanes, got traded to the Rangers. Um, he was big in the prospect uh, camp this last week, and uh, Quinn actually talked about him. Another guy, uh, Danny O'Regan, actually played for Coach Quinn at BU. Uh, he was part of the trade with the Sabres. Um, so 
he, he'll be there too. You'll see him bounce up and down. So they got a lot of young guys and a lot of familiar guys that David Quinn knows. So I think the Rangers are going to be really good this year and the, and the Devils. And I think we need to say something about, you know, I'll, I'll call him Quinny. I can call him Quinny. They said it was uh, okay. They said it was okay. Uh, anyways, look, we, we were talking about him going from BU to the Rangers. We saw the first season. And, and, and look, they are making moves. Davidson, Quinn, these guys are making real moves. I, the Rangers, I, I think, might have uh, snuck in here. Obviously, the season has to start, but. On paper, a whole lot of things yeah. have just happened. Yeah, a little of bit of luck, a little bit of luck there for uh, the Rangers and the Devils being able to get the number one and number two picks in the, in the lottery. Yeah. Obviously, that was a, a huge, um, huge pickup for those two teams in the draft lottery this year, especially having those two guys in this year's draft. And uh, you know, excitement for the fans. Like you know, Derek and I have been not putting on the Rangers games very often just because it's fucking brutal to watch. I mean, watching. Oh, Watching all the you know veterans get traded off, and you know watching the new guys come on, and you know hopefully they can win a game here and there. But you know this is kind of new life, uh, new life for the Rangers fans, new life for the Devils fans as well. I mean they obviously had to you know Jack Hughes and then PK Subban and, and Wayne Simmons coming in, you know huge uh, huge pickups for these fans, and and you know, they're going to be excited for this, and that's good for those two two towns in New York. So. Hey, ex ex Rangers alert! Big big deal. I I thought an awesome fit and a great uh, pickup uh, was the Minnesota Wild signing Zuccarello. Man, Ooh. I think that's like, I dude, that's huge, that. mm-hmm. I think that's huge. That's huge. I think that 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 makes that team like. I mean, they're already a great team. You know what I mean? But add Zook to that team, man. That's that's a really good pickup by those guys. I I think anyways. I think I think the mix of what they have, um, being in the state of Minnesota, I just think he fits perfectly in that locker room, and I think it's going to be exciting to watch. I'll be interested to hear what Jordan has to say about him and stuff like that, too. So I think that's a great, great pickup by Minnesota. I think it kind of reminds me of Zucker, actually. Same type of player, hard worker. Yeah, I think uh, Zuccarello actually got named the NHL's most uh, playmaker, NHL's top playmaker of the year by the players association. He just, you know, he creates, he's not just North and South, he's East and West too. So he, he can stop and go, you know, skate East and West and then go back North and South and just uh, put dangle people. So he's a balls out player every shift. He's just he's able to grab the puck and make a play and find someone, like I said, North, South, East or West. He's making those moves to pull people forward, backwards, side to side, and then he finds the open man and they just bury it. So he's yeah. a playmaker for sure. He's great at feeding the puck too, man. He's great, you know. He's a big assist man too, you know. So um, I remember watching. I remember like I knew like the Rangers were like wholesaling everybody last year, but I was like, please don't get rid of Zuccarello. But you know, like that was the one player like I really felt like was a key cog. But I understand what they were doing there. But for Minnesota. Great, great pickup. Yeah, Minnesota's got Nico Stern, too, coming from Clarkson University. I think he's going to be pretty dynamic. Uh, we'll see what happens. They got Dubes back again. They got uh, the other goalie there. Uh, Staylock. Staylock. So we'll see what happens there. I mean, that could be a good, that could be a, a good combo, Staylock and uh, Dubes to go deep in the playoffs. So I, I think that's hopefully a good combination, they can do it. too. Yeah, I like those two. Well, just before we get into the other side of the uh, the league's trades, I want to just reach out to one of our sponsors, Rocket Grips, and uh, give them a shout-out, shout out, rocketgrips.com. Uh, if you haven't got on their website and checked them out yet, get on there and look at it. They've got these cool grips that you put over your stick, use a little hot water, and it molds right around the top of your stick. It's kind of a new-age technology that people are using for instead of hockey tape. And a uh, big sponsor of the Blue Line Hockey Club now. You can customize your grip, get your name on there, your number, your team logo, I have camel grips. They have, uh, you know, country flags on the grip. So check out their site. You'll find something you like and customize your stick and get a nice grip at the same time. That's rocketgrips.com. Yeah, I actually really like mine. Uh, I've put mine on my stick already. I, I don't have a place to skate yet. This uh, season in Raleigh, we just got here, but um, I, I really like it. It's got our Blue Line Hockey Club logo on it. Um, I'm going to give it a shot this year if I can actually get on the ice somewhere and somebody will let me skate. But 
I think it's cool. Go try it. Rocketgrip.com. Yeah, I, you know, and to lead into that, you know, I wouldn't let Rob skate skate my rink. He can't skate backwards. But the <laughs> the rocket grips, listeners out there that don't play hockey or have never played hockey, um, tape eats away at your gloves. So on your palm of your glove, if you put tape on the top of your stick, it slowly eats away at your glove, and you eventually get a hole in your glove. Uh, with these rocket grips, they don't eat into your glove. They got the rings, so you don't have to use tape. You can get them customized. They're really good. So uh, we we highly recommend rocket grips here at the Blue Line Hockey Club. Yep, and those of you guys that play lacrosse as well, they, they also have lacrosse uh, grips. This is the exact same concept. It's going to do the same thing for your lacrosse gloves. If you play lacrosse, your palms are the first things that are gone. Especially if they're hairy. <laughs> um, before, you know, getting back to what we were talking, Mark, uh, another big trade was Phil Kessel. It looks like Pittsburgh's trying to free some cap space there, too. He's heading to Arizona. That's pretty big, huh? I yeah, think it was supposed to be a, a big part of that. I, You know, I'm kind of curious why he was, you know, I, I think it, I think everybody knew he wanted to leave Pittsburgh, right? Derek said there was a hot dog eating contest in, in uh, Arizona. Is <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we've been talking about this Pittsburgh team like the last few months and, you know, they haven't changed much over the years and they've been kind of there, but not winning Stanley Cups. And when are they going to make some changes? When are they going to break up that unit that they had since their Stanley Cup run? You know, so this I think this is the first chance that they've had to, to mix it up a little bit. You know, I didn't know if it would be uh, one of the other top players, but. Phil Kessel is, you know, I think he can still play. I mean, he's still got the numbers. Yeah, for sure. There's no for doubt sure. that he can play. Uh, he's just not motivated right now. You, uh, I mean, some of the memes on uh, watching him, he, he was disconnected on the bench, you know, just sitting there like you could see him like laughing to himself. He's, he's just, you know, it, it gets back to this to me is a, a prime example of chemistry. That team has been great. They've won Stanley, two Stanley Cups at least together. But they've gone stale, so it is time to break them up. Now, does that mean that they're going to be stale when they go out? No, I don't think so. Phil Kessel will get rejuvenated in Arizona. I guarantee it. I, I don't know if you have to say rejuvenated. He had 82 points last year. He had 27 goals and 55 assists, and 36 of them came from a power play. I mean, he's elite Why power play. Why would he play. want to leave the Penguins then? Okay. So, so I wanted to leave on purpose. So this one, I mean, I'm just saying he doesn't have to be rejuvenated. I mean, he's a fucking oh, top player. Anyone wants him on his team. I, I, he, he doesn't. He doesn't have to go get like acupuncture or something. No, I mean, I, he I, is fucking. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was a, a little bit extreme on that take, dude. The rejuvenation is that yeah, he had all those points this year in a fucking stale environment. Imagine going to a new place where he's walking into a fresh environment with none of that baggage on him. That's what I'm saying is he's going to yeah. come into this no, season I hear fresh. You. That's, all, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. So when yeah. I look at this trade for, for Phil, uh, you know, he's going from what was it? What would you take him to uh, the third best forward on the team? Maybe? Um, you know, oh. you're going to put him out in Arizona. He's going to be one of the, you know, if not the top point getter for Arizona next year. Um, so you're taking yeah. a guy, putting him in a role where he's going to be the man. Um, he doesn't have to sit behind Sidney Crosby's shadow anymore. You know, stuff like that. It's a motivation thing for him, I would think, you know, to be more of the veteran on the team, you know, a chance to maybe be a captain or something like that. He's just kind of, you know, he's always been behind Sid. And, uh, you know, who, um, who am I thinking about here? Well, uh, how big is it for Clayton Keller? Malkin. So, so the leading scorers for Arizona was Clayton Keller with 47 points. Ekman Larson had 44. Galchenyuk had 41. And we're talking about Phil Phil Kessel who had 82 points. Right. So he doubled. He he has doubled these boys on that team. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right, Mark. He's coming into this team, you know. Rejuvenated. Just, uh, <laughs> rejuvenated. He just got puncture. You're right, Mark. Good job, Mark. To jump on to jump on Phil Kessel, I just want to say that you know there is. I've heard some stories around the uh, the rumor mill that he is like a uh, 
compulsive gambler. He actually just uh, tried to board an airplane. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it on uh, Twitter or social media. He's been in multiple um, Texas Hold'em tournaments out in Vegas. I guess he lives in Vegas on the off season. He tried to board a plane with $250,000 cash, and they were like, dude, you can't get on a plane with $250,000 cash. And, uh, I don't think like 12000 <laughs> So I guess, you know, everyone I've heard, you know, from multiple people in the NHL that he's just a compulsive gambler. He uh, bets every chance he gets, and he's kind of just uh, – Well, now you're passing on gossip. Congratulations. Didn't, didn't he, like, deny some trade requests to other teams, right? Didn't he? He did, yeah. So he got yeah. uh, – yeah, I heard that, you know, he would call up some GMs and just, like, pretty much be arrogant and ask them, you know, who are you going to put me on a line with? And they were like, well, we don't know right away, but we're going to put – we think you got a nice fit with, you know, A and B. And he's like, ah, I don't yeah, like that. Dude, I'm yeah. okay with that. You can be arrogant. Look, <laughs> Phil Kessel can be fucking arrogant, okay? Say what you want. Phil Kessel can be arrogant. All right? Yeah, I, I no, but I did hear he's got a huge relationship or, or a big relationship with Rick Tockett. There's a lot of respect there, which is why he wanted to go out there, dude. Wow. He's got a career. You, you How close to Arizona to Vegas? Very close. There you go. So and that's, that may that's, be, that's the ticket right there. And that may be, but he's still playing and producing on the ice. So if he wants to go, probably, likes, he's the, probably likes the golf. Probably likes he the wants golf to go waste too. his money in Vegas. That's fine. Just show up and play hockey first. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what Carolina looks like with Kessel there. That's that should be good. You got Keller, Larson, Galchenyak. So, um, not Carolina Coyotes. Not Coyotes, yeah. So. But speaking of Carolina, we'll have to, uh, talk about that Aho trade. Um, I don't think it's done yet. But... Yeah, Carolina matched yeah. the offer sheet, so he's not going anywhere. Yeah, they're going to match him. He'll he'll come back. He'll end up there. I mean. So the rumor down here on the radio was that uh, the agent, it's all about the agent. So they said, you know, Montreal offered X amount of money. Carolina's like, well, we'll match it. You know, we'll take it. And he's like, and the agent was like, well, I don't know if you can match it. He's really excited to go to Montreal. He really wants to be in Montreal. He likes the uh, atmosphere. You might have to go up more. And, um, you might have to, you know, increase the salary a little bit. And uh, Tom Dunda, he's the owner of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. He's like, he's pretty pretty arrogant about it. He was just like, we're not going to up the ante on it. We'll match it. That's about it. So we'll see what happens there. I don't, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know if I would go more than that. I mean, he's 22 years old. After five years, he's going to be 27. I mean, it's a gamble. Your prime years in the NHL is 25 to 30. So, I mean, is he, he going to be? Yeah. So, I mean, is it going to be? Is it going to be uh, actual? You know, a great deal for Carolina to sign him for that? For what is it? What is it? Eight point eight point four five four. Yeah. Eight eight point. You know. Four or five million dollars a year. Is that going to be a, a good deal here in three years, four years, or is it, is he going to shit the bed? So I don't know. That's my, my opinion is people go to Montreal to die up there. I mean, I don't see people going to that team. <laughs> you know, it's just like they go to Montreal and then there's like issues and then like two years later they're gone. And you know, it's like, I just don't see anybody being successful when they go there. That's they're a just, fair statement, Mark. Until they change that, you're, you're right. I mean, we can't we can't really infer anything else. I mean, look at you know, the Delta captain way last year. I mean, Sue KP in uh, a couple years before that. I mean, well, I, I still think they're completely stuck on pulling in Canadians. You know, which well, that's fine if you want to do that. But you know, the world has the, the the National Hockey League has changed. The world has flooded in, and there's other players. And you know, if you'll remember. The Canadians, back when they first got started, they only drafted French Canadians out of Montreal. And they had the rights to any of those players before they could go anywhere. So 
Yeah, that's back when Canada owned hockey. Yeah, yeah, and and like I said, that's great, but the times have changed, and you need to adapt, and and they don't seem to have caught that part of it. Yeah, I I don't think they're going to let Aho walk out of town either. I mean, this guy's legit, dude. I mean, like he's 22 years old, and he's their leading scorer. You're going to let him walk. 83 points, you know, and you know, 15 points in the fucking, you know, in the playoffs. I mean. I, I don't know. I mean, you don't let that. You don't let a 22 year old guy walk out of your building. No. You know what I mean? With that, with that doing guy. what he did. Yeah. yeah, doing what he did. So I mean, I you know maybe maybe Carol. I mean, I'm sure Carolina expected you know people to go after the restricted free agents to an extent. You know, they probably didn't expect maybe somebody to go that hard after Aho. But uh, being a, being a young guy, 22, like with a, not a lot of like you know history of producing this kind of way in the league, but it happened, and then they were forced. You know, Montreal forced that forced Carolina's hand, right? So they 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 did yeah. that. You know, maybe there's something behind that too. You know, you don't know the way this the league works. You know, different teams. You know, fuck with other teams. You know, like saying, all right, you know, we're gonna make you spend some money on this guy. So you know, yeah. there's something to there's something to every little aspect of how. Well, teams but that could play. have been led by his manager, right, Derek? So here's just a simple theory. Let's say Pat is right and the manager is trying to use Montreal as leverage for Carolina. So when I heard that, maybe it's fake leverage. If you're just trying to get an offer to bolster it, but you really want to stay in Carolina, he signed the offer sheet that the Canadians gave him. And and the manager said, look, he really loves it. This is the offer. Can you match that? It's like, I'm only going to give you the same money. If you really wanted to be there for the same money, then the best I'm going to do is match that and you're still going to go, right? Because you told me that you really like Montreal and they offered you the same money. So if you do not leave, then you lied. I mean, it's just that simple. You were playing me. And and so that's leverage, but now you're a POS when you walk into that locker room because you played us for money. That's business. We can go into capitalism. We can talk about all that stuff. I I I don't blame the manager for trying to leverage a team to, to get more money for his player. There's questions about, you know, is that the right way to do it or not? You just cause more. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we were at the Carolina arena the other day when the GM Don Waddell said that he was surprised. That's all uh, Montreal offered. offered him. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, so maybe they weren't as serious. Maybe it was a ploy. You know, if they wanted him, maybe they need to put something down on the, on the table and Carolina really had to match it, right? But that I think too. I think too, though. Like you know, like you talk about going back in the locker room after like a player makes a leverage move like that. I think every player in the league like basically says, you know what? Go out and make your money. I don't think I don't think anybody like hates anybody for trying to make the most money they can possibly make. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I, job. Yeah, this is know, I, I agree. Just, I'm saying there's a right and a wrong way to do it. You don't. Right, right, yeah. But I mean, it's this is thing. I mean, it's it's business, man. This is like you know, you have in pro sports, there's a short window to make a hell of a lot of money, and these guys are trying to make the, all the money they can. So I mean, Look, you can't fault them. I don't think I don't think players disrespect other players for trying to like do all push all their chips forward and uh, put themselves you know at the front of the line to try to make as much money as they can, but. You're not gonna. I think basically what I was trying to say from from the get go of this conversation is you're not gonna let a 22 year old guy that contributed 83 points to your fucking team walk out the door. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's yeah. just not gonna happen. So yeah. I mean, Leading there's a lot, of, a lot of upside to a 22 year old that's got 83 points in the league already. So yeah, one uh, one thing that Montreal also has going for like I don't know if going against them is that basically that's a different culture than every other team in. Maybe you could bring Ottawa into this, but not really. I mean, that is a French-speaking city, right? So, I mean, yeah. that it's a whole different culture for somebody to go up there and live in Quebec uh, opposed to living in Raleigh, North Carolina, right? So, um, you know, he's got to – I mean, some of these players might not want to live in that type of culture. So, I mean, it might be some kind of aspect of what he decides. If it's the same money, do I want to go up to Montreal and live in the winters, or do I want to stay in Raleigh and – Get more money. Just be Patrick Sullivan. He to, uh, uh, radio. And stuff like that. <laughs> Cost of living is cheap. But it is. I mean, it, you, there's not as much French in Ottawa as there used to be, but in Montreal, it's still very Montreal, French. Montreal, it's all it's big, yeah. 
No yeah. left hand turns. They're all frogs. <laughs> all right, let's get into some other uh, trades here. Um, Pat, you want to talk about any of the uh, trades that we had? Liner going to Chicago. Yeah, I mean that was the big one for me. That you know, Chicago went out and got uh, Robin Liner from uh, the yeah. Islanders. You know, just to uh, you know get two top goalies with Crawford and now him. Um, you know, the Islanders signed him for a one-year deal. Did amazing things for the Islanders. I mean, they went pretty deep in the playoffs, uh, surprised everyone. And now the Islanders weren't willing to give them any money this year. You know, there wasn't much negotiation talk, I guess. And uh, um, Chicago um, decided to give him a one-year $5 million contract, uh, which just means that he, he's got to prove himself again. You know, so he's, they said he's going to be splitting games with, uh, Corey Crawford. It's tough now in the NHL to, uh, pl- you know, have a goalie play your starting goalie play every single game, is 82 games year, in the season. It's almost one, impossible. Is one year $5 million really a salary that you have to prove yourself or is that, hey, we're comfortable paying you $5 million for the season because you're that second goalie that we would need to make it all that way deep. So is it truly really no, I mean, one from, to like you're a secondary? Well, from you goal? and I, and uh, from you and I, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. But as a professional athlete, you want that seven-year, $3 million guaranteed $21 million for the next seven years um, compared to a one-year $5 million deal where – if you shit the bed, then you might end up back in the A for a couple of years making $300,000 a year. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a goalie, especially that, uh, you know, there's three goalies on a team. Yeah. And, yeah. and usually one goalie plays a percentage of the game. So I agree with you now that you said that. And, and the reason I'll say that is Don Waddell said that as well. Uh, in the past, there weren't always goalies that could go to every team. He said, "Now mm-hmm. it seems like there's there's just an abundance of goalies. Everybody's got one or two right now." Yeah, Howard well, Howard's been in that situation the last three years. He's yeah. been signing your deals. Another big, uh, another and, big move. Go ahead, Pat. If you want to finish something up, but no, I was just going to say that Crawford. You know, Chicago out there. I mean, he he had a uh, concussion issues last year, so he had to sit out a lot, and they had some no name guy in there. So uh, bringing him in, these two guys are going to fight and. Uh, He's just got to show, you know, that he's a top goalie again. Yeah, I mean, it's competition. It, it's it's not fight in the sense that I want to be the – well, of course they want to be the first goalie, but the reality is they're both tag-teaming to win as many freaking games as they can, to go as deep as they can. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Beat that Another up. big move on the goalie front was uh, Florida Panthers, you know, signing Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky, yeah, yeah. Dude. yeah I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, he's a two-time Vesna winner. You know, he's I know he cited that uh, Quenville was a big reason for him to go there. And you know, Florida was you know, you think of Florida as like not a place you want to play hockey or watch hockey, but you know, they were on the they were on the fence last year of you know being a pretty decent team, but they couldn't keep the puck out of the fucking net. So um, you bring in a guy like Bobrovsky who's got a massive pedigree in the league i mean that you know that takes that team to a you know talk about uh players making an instant impact and improving the roster i mean that takes that that makes that team legit automatically you know so i think you know florida ran pretty high up and you know a lot of offensive categories but just couldn't couldn't keep the puck out of that so that's that's a big one for florida yeah, I think yeah, the really frustrating part of Florida is just there's no fans in the stands, you know. Like that, that guy at the NHL Awards, he was like, yeah, I think there's more people here, than more fans here than there were in our, our city. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, if you build a, you know, if you build a good uh, product, though, I mean, even in Florida, I think, you know, if you get that, you know, like you look at Tampa Bay, I mean, they're, you know, they're doing good things down there. So, I mean, I think if you build a good product on the ice, you know, people will eventually come, but. Um, it is, a, it's a tough market, like you say, Rob, and, you know, it's a tough market to get people to come in the rink and stuff like that when the weather's, you know, 85 and sunny every day of the week, but. Well, um, all the blue collar people. Quen- Quenville, Quenville is a big side. draw there, man. So Quenville is a big draw. 
big get for that team. I mean, Quenville is – how many Stanley Cups did he win with Chicago? I don't know, maybe three three Stanley Cups or something like that, but two or three Stanley Cups. I mean, we got Barkov, the captain. I mean, like Derek, you just said, they they were projected to do really well before the playoffs started. You know, they got Barkov, yeah. who was friggin' nasty last year. Who else they got on the team? They got uh, Ekblad, right? He's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, pretty nasty. They had a bunch of guys that could put the puck in the net. I don't know what it was. They just couldn't get over that hump. But, you know, putting Bobrovsky in that, I don't – I think they're going to be really good this year, to be honest with you. Will be. I mean, it was – like I said, I don't know the exact, like, statistics for where they ranked in the league as far as, like, offensive production and things of that nature. But they were up there. And I think, you know, they were above 500. Um, they were – I think they were, you know, you know, close to maybe making a playoff run there at the end. But – it's Bobrovsky is, is the kind of that key that can put him over the top for sure. And then you mix in, you know, Quenville, like I just said, is a huge, huge get as far as coaching goes. I think all of us last year, remember when they let Quenville go and then they hired what the guy that was like, I don't know, 30 years old or something like that to coach the coach the Blackhawks. I mean, it was kind of like, a yeah, yeah. Holy, holy, do they really just do that? We're you know what I mean? This so, year if that was dumb or not. Yeah, you'll see. So, Florida might surprise some people this year. It's it's a lot of – I think we keep going back kind of this thing that we've said a little bit through this podcast. There will probably be a lot of parity in the league this year. Um, I, don't think, I don't think you're going to see, like, you know, certain teams that are just, like, you know, stalwarts of always making the playoffs. You might see a little bit of a change, you know, like a young infusion of players for a lot of different teams. Um, might make the league pretty interesting this year. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, you got Bobrovsky, who was the Vez, uh, Vesna trophy runner-up. You got the head coach down there now with uh, Quenville. So, I mean, Barkov. Good combo. Interesting. Good combo. We had uh, Luongo retired this week. No yeah, that's pretty yeah. Endo retired. Uh, another guy that we had on the podcast here, Matt Hendricks, he retired. He's uh, moving into uh, player development for the Minnesota Wild. Um, he got traded from Minnesota Wild to the Winnipeg Jets there uh, trade deadline this year. And uh, he uh, hung the skates up, and now he's he lives right in uh, Minnesota there on Lake Minnetonka. Lives, he's got a big house next to um, Zach Bogosian, defenseman for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Good friends, uh, Zach Bogosian's from uh, upstate New York, our hometown. And uh, so... He's happy to be in Minnesota. Uh, he's got a job with the uh, front office, so he's uh, uh, he's pretty happy. But uh, that was a fun interview we had with him. He's a pretty funny guy, great guy. One of the one of the last toughest old school hockey guys we had uh, in the NHL. There's not too many left. Yeah, another half shield uh, guy. The guy that didn't wear the half shields is uh, gone. So soon there yeah. won't be any left. That they'll be all gone. Yeah. Don't have any guys that don't have the half shield, but uh, Pavelski is uh, also gone out in San Jose. Um, you guys saw that trade. I think that was just yesterday. Stars. Yeah, went to the Dallas Stars. So I mean, that's that's a big pickup. I know when he came back in the playoffs uh, after his injury, he actually produced and played really well, and then he got hurt in the last last game of the season again. But I don't know what his status is now. He must be fairly healthy, or they wouldn't have. Probably traded him, or you know, Dallas wouldn't have wanted him. So I mean, that's another. What's that? They picked up Corey Perry. Also, Dallas is, you know, Dallas was pretty good. They just couldn't when they made it to playoffs. You know, with Stay Gwen and Jamie B, Jamie Ben, and all those boys, they couldn't put the puck in the net in playoffs. So uh, they're looking for a little more uh, offense upside, and they got uh, two guys that can uh, produce a little bit more. So. Uh, we'll see what happens with them. It's going to be yeah. exciting. Yeah, he signed a three-year deal, it looks like, with uh, Dallas. So they must be thinking he's going to be a pretty good player for their program. Yeah, Corey Perry, another veteran guy. So, so I mean, I'm sure, we, I'm sure we've missed some trades. I mean, I don't know if you guys got any you want to talk oh, about. We can't, we can't keep up with them. Keep up with them. <laughs> we'll be here all be night. Yeah, be here until tomorrow morning. <laughs> I just saw Wade Megan come across there. What's his deal, Rob? Is he unref- unrestricted or something? He's uh, Group 3 UFAs right now with uh, Detroit. Yeah, unrestricted. So we'll see what happens with our boy Wade. 
Corey Perry sounds like somebody from Herman, doesn't he? Corey Perry, that name. Corey Perry. Yeah, Jingle Bell Pirates. There we go. Yeah. That's Corey what we did. Straight out of Herman. He's one of the guys that cooks the chicken on the grill up there at uh, oh, Pirates. Oh, yeah. Barbecue. Yeah. $4.99. Oh, that's the. Uh, Go get your barbecue chicken from Corey Perry. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> All right, guys, what a what a week it's been in the NHL. You know, we talked about things were going to be winding down, and it's been nothing but uh, excitement in the league, especially for people like us that live and breathe hockey. It's kind of cool to follow all this stuff, and um, I can't even imagine what these GMs are going through right now trying to put these teams together. Uh, you know, it just must be unbelievable to put their name on the line to try to make things happen and, you know, putting a lot of faith in some of these guys to make these teams win. And uh, it's just, it's got to be a tough job for these GMs, that's for sure. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. A lot of They're stress. Busy, that's for sure. Yeah, they don't get, they get enough credit, really. Sometimes the coaches get a lot of the credit, um, you know, if the team wins, but the GMs are one putting teams out there. So we'll see what happens this upcoming season, man. It's going to be interesting. A lot of whiskey, yeah. like Ben said. <laughs> a lot of whiskey. All right, guys. Uh, pretty long podcast here, but we got through a lot of good stuff. We'll be back on next week with another update of what's going on in the, in the NHL and all the news and the trades and all that kind of stuff. So stay tuned. Check out our website, www.bluelinehockeyclub.com, for all of our past podcasts and anything coming up in the future. Uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're on there as well. So get us, get on there, check us out. Uh, don't forget to don't forget to rate us. Uh, give us a five star on iTunes and uh, write a review for us on, on our iTunes podcast show. All right, boys. It's been a good one. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice. Hey, ya, get out. Oh, doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Right.